All right, gentlemen, should we not get started? Let's shout. Affirmative. All right. Anthology. I am your host, Neil Forgery, and I am joined this week by... The one true Ben. And... Mike. And, um... We were, uh, fi- finally able to get together, um, d- despite... Despite nasty weather and other things, and... Snowpocalypse. We're going to talk about the thing we were going to talk about, like, three, four weeks ago. Um, right? Uh, and that is, uh, Star Wars, Episode Nine, as well as The Mandalorian. We're going to just, uh... Star Wars-y, full of Star Wars episode. Because the Force is with us. Yes. Uh, before that, we were, we're going to do our... Uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to call it a signal boost. It's, it, it's nice, it's basic, people know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, yep. And because I said that in the first 50 seconds, YouTube's going to demonetize me. Not that I'm monetized in any way. Um, that's my big signal boost. Please check out our YouTube channel. Um, right now, until we can get 100 subscribers, we're a weird uh, string of letters and numbers. <laughs> uh, but if you just look for Working Theory Productions, in, uh, just search for that in YouTube, or you go to our website, workingtheoryproductions.com, and click on the big YouTube button, um, it will uh, it'll pull up our page. Please subscribe, even if you don't ever plan on listening to our stuff on YouTube, because it helps to boost the signal. Um, every time somebody subscribes, the signal, the nonsense jumble gets a little bit less increased. Exactly. And if you are listening on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell for notifications. There's a reason YouTube YouTubers say that all the goddamn time. Because it's because it helps. Yep. It is the single biggest thing you can do to uh, to to help someone. Um, if you can't afford to pay them on Patreon, um, That's true. Like, and and that goes for if you're listening on any of our on any of our platforms, um, share it. You know, share it on Facebook, like our Facebook page, do all the things, rate us on iTunes, follow us on on Spotify. I don't know if Stitcher has anything other than like adding to your adding us to your list, but however you consume our media, please please like. Do the thing that will help that will help it make people know that you consume our media. Um, the YouTube channel will uh, have semi-regular uploads with me appearing on a webcam and talking about whatever movie I just saw at Alamo uh, for five to seven minutes without spoiling anything, um, like I used to do do on our Facebook page that nobody really watched. But uh, now I'm going to do it on our YouTube page so no one can really watch it. Um, <laughs> so that's my thing. Who else has something they want to they want to boost, boost, signal boost, mention? Cool thing that happened, game they're playing, whatever. All right. So uh, I will go first uh, because you're second. second. I already did my thing. <laughs> After I'm you, waiting to you will go first. <laughs> um, well, you just boosted our stuff. Yes. Um, so uh, I, you know, as a writer, I read. Um, so, because it's, you know, useful. Uh, I've been reading some superhero stuff because that's been in my, uh, in my radar. And so, want to boost a couple of series that I have 
begun to enjoy. Uh, first of all, the Wearing the Cape series by uh, Marion Harmon. Um, good series, several books in it. Um, if you like classic superheroes and the hey, we have a you know we have a public base and we are the so and sos, um, it's good stuff. Uh, another one that I have found that has been kind of interesting um, and oddly appealing is the Uber Girl series, The Adventures of a Nine-Year-Old Superhero, uh, who basically has just gotten superpowers and doesn't exactly understand them. Her parents turn villain. Oh. Well, her dad turns villain. My dad is a supervillain is the first one. I'm sorry. I also meant to, uh, to, to, to briefly in my thing and forgot to... Um, Thank um, Wolf3927 and Nate Schaefer for having already subscribed to our YouTube channel. Awesome. Um, so congratulations. You get you got shout out, shouted out on a podcast you might not even listen to because you subscribed to us like two years ago. <laughs> so um, also, um, I've been playing Rage 2. Um, mm -hmm. And it is very much a driving game, um, which for me may explain the name because I've been tempted to rage quit because one of the one of the missions you must win a race. Oh jeez. I know those feels. <laughs> I remember that's why I stopped playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City back in the day because there's this ridiculous impossible race that you're supposed to complete. Yeah. You get this you get this total shitbox for a car and you're supposed to win the race somehow and it's Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. total BS. That was that was one thing they really fixed in Grand Theft Auto 5. The guy who races also has a thing you can activate by pressing both the uh, control sticks in that gives his car perfect handling for a, for a short cooldown, hmm. which makes racing darn near impossible to lose unless you just completely <laughs> suck. Yeah. Well, that unfortunately is still a possibility. <laughs> well, um, this is Rage. I'm talking about Grand Theft Auto Five, not in GTA, like in, in yeah. Rage Two. Yeah. Um. To uh, for you, Ben, and for any of our listeners, if you like uh, books of the superhero um, of, of the superhero variety, I can also highly recommend the book "Soon I Will Be Invincible." Um, I cannot remember who wrote it. I can open up my laptop and check. It was quite a fun read. I enjoyed it immensely. And in the yeah. world of comics, there's the series "Invincible," which is amazing. And then also "Secrets of Supervillainy." Um, is another good series that I've been reading. It's hilarious. And let's see what else I have here. Um, aside from that, I have quite a few on my going through my uh, <clears throat> um, through my uh, Kindle because that's how I read most of my stuff. Um, my to to read list is extremely long, but anyways, um, but yeah, that's that's um, so Rage Two. Um, oddly enough, I've been watching Picard. Mm -hmm. I I'm fairly enjoying it. Um, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I haven't checked it out yet. It's on my it's it's on my to watch list, but it hasn't quite hit its stride. It's a lot like Next Gen. The first few episodes, I think, are a little, you know, a little... Filled so to the brim so with exposition. Gonna be, so it's not going to be any good until someone grows a beard? <laughs> well, Riker already has a beard, so... Well, uh, Picard needs to grow a beard, then. He might. Um, 
but it, it does it does tell a lot about the Starfleet universe um, in the first couple of episodes, mm-hmm. and it expands on Romulan uh, expands a lot on Romulan culture. Yeah, I saw that it appears to have a very strong focus on uh, on Romulus so. and AI. So that's me. All right, Mike. Those, those are words. <laughs> Again, I, I need to get caught up on actual Star Trek television. To this to date, I still just watched most of the movies, so I'm, I'm woefully uninformed on a lot of Star Trekian things. Oh no, you're not a real Trek fan. <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah, let's not let's not be bullshit gatekeepers, shall we? Right. Gatekeeping, by the way, is bullshit. Yes, it is a dumb... It is a silly thing. That's the PSA for the day. Gatekeeping is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, the experience is said is you have so much good stuff. It's very very Mm counterintuitive as well because it's like if you are passionate for a thing, a franchise or a fandom or whatever, then the idea is that you want to pass that along to... Yeah. Dare I say a next generation of fans? <laughs> so well, why would you be like, oh, let's put some artificial constraints on who gets to actually be considered part of it? Right. That's I highly really recommend, like, if you're only if you're going to pick one series to jump in on, I personally highly recommend Deep Space Nine. Hmm. Good series. I liked it myself. Well, so you have much to see. I, I get. I have gotten. Although, honestly, if you really want to have a lot of Star, Trek, Star Trek movies, Star Trek series, tell me this: Babylon Five. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll watch that regardless because it's short, so it won't take me long to watch it. You know, isn't it just like a few seasons? It five was seasons. five seasons. Oh, okay. Um, well, five twenty, five twenty-three ish episodes. It's not short, but not excruciatingly yeah. long. Either. No, it, it's it, it's it's somewhere a, in between. It, it, it's it's a couple it's a couple weekends worth of, of sitting and watching, but it it goes by pretty quick too because yeah. the episodes really tend to draw you into each other. Gotcha. Um, anyway, that's not news. I, I'm woefully behind on Star Trek and things. Um, yep, that's fine. But uh, things I will boost uh, this episode. Um, I finally, um, much late to the party, watched Stranger Things season three, and holy crap, it is amazing. I, I didn't have. There wasn't a lot of buzz, and from like uh, the people that had seen it, they were just like, "It's good, but it's not as good." And we were kind of lukewarm about it. I just loved the hell out of it. I don't know. But what it is, but um, there's a it just really clicked for me, and um, I probably I knocked that out in like a few days, uh, if that. I binged it hardcore. It was really good, um, so I highly recommend that if anyone just kind of like, you know, um, lost the desire to keep up with the show. I heartily recommend it. Really good stuff, and it is official that there will be a season for it. So so on the on yes. Netflix menu. So that's good. Um, other stuff, uh, BoJack Horseman, the final episodes of that were really good, which I wasn't even aware was coming out that soon. For a second, uh, for like a few days, I, I, I saw it there and I was just like, oh, okay, season six, I've already seen this, but I didn't, I forgot, like, they had apparently split that up into two halves, which they hadn't done before, which is what threw me off. But, uh, it was really good and I, I feel like it ended in a realistic way, but it wasn't like any of the extreme, either of the extremes of like, oh, everything just came up roses or, oh, all this terrible dark things because dark, you know, like it didn't feel contrived. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it had, it was a really good series. It was consistently good and actually ended well, which I feel like it's, there's so many good shows that ended crappy. So every time I see this happen, like I always want to give extra shout outs because uh, it's difficult to end a good series well. Yeah. You know? Endings are hard. 
They are. And to quote my favorite god. Yeah, some, um, some of my some of my favorite shows have had crap endings, like Dexter and The Sopranos. Uh, Seinfeld yeah. kind of had a crap ending. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was Seinfeld's really good. About nothing, anyways. So. Yeah, but still. oh, um, also, Signal Boost least marketed movie I've seen recently. Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger are in a movie called The Iron Mask. Hmm. I did not know that existed. Yes. So apparently you were correct. <laughs> See? Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird combination, by the way. With the thing. Sorry to have interrupted. The signals and the boosting. Yes. Flavin. Flavin. Uh, yeah, so just a couple other things. Um, I, for my, I've been uh, consuming the Deadwood series. I got the Blu-ray collection. Um my birthday and nice. this is this is a blast in the past it was like 2000 late 2004 early 2005 when it came out um, but uh, just a really awesome series and if you're into westerns the way I describe it is like if you're into westerns you'll love the show of it if you're not into westerns you'll still enjoy it as a solid show and whenever you have something that's genre specific like that and it's so good that someone who doesn't even care about the genre could appreciate the show that speaks to the quality of the show it's true and it's got a great cast you got Timothy Oliphant you got Ian McShane um, a lot of people, people that just kind of show up. Um, Jim Beaver, who plays Bobby in Supernatural, is actually one of the main characters in it. It's, it's kind of funny watching a series like that, and you'll you'll know from someone from something else, and you're just like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> What's Bobby doing here? <laughs> Bobby, what the hell? Agent Bobby, what the hell? But yeah, it's a really cool show. I'm almost done with it. Um, I'm roughly halfway through season three. There are only three seasons. Apparently, there's this like. Deadwood movie that was a thing that was like in limbo forever and finally happened and came out last year. Three which, seasons of the movie! Yeah. Uh, it's like a rallying cry, apparently. Um, uh, but yeah, I it looks like the movie, from what I hear online, is good, but not like anything revolutionary. So I'll try not to get my hopes up too much about that. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. And um, one other thing, um, I've been playing uh, Secret World Legends recently i played the secret world back when it was actually a newish game which was like 2012 they rebranded it and relaunched it as a free-to-play game with some like streamlines graphical enhancements all this other stuff uh, a couple years back and it's pretty awesome um and it's one of those games where i can just be like hey do you want a quality game that's completely free and there's not a catch here you go uh, and it's also kind of a it's a genre specific thing in that <clears throat> the core conceit of it is every conspiracy is true so it's very much a World of Darkness kind of thing in that sense, although it's also distinctly not World of Darkness. Mm -hmm. So like the premise is similar in that sense, but um, it's one of those things, it's, it's hard to describe. Like The Matrix, you just have to see it for yourself. Um, but if anybody likes that kind of stuff, any of that conspiratorial stuff or supernatural, spooky horror, uh, any of that stuff, it's worth checking out. And it has some of the best voice acting in any video game ever that I've ever seen. So that's worth mentioning. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what I've been watching and playing lately. All right. Well, we got to get into we got to pretty much just kind of jump into things since we're going to talk about two different largish pieces of media um, back to back. Spoiler of the week: Kylo Ren is actually Ben Solo. What? What? I know, right? <laughs> so does that means 
Darth Vader is Kylo Ren's grandfather. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, to combine with other spoilers of the week. Um, <laughs> Legacy spoiler. Yes. Legacy spoiler. So, um, obviously, since we only have about an hour to talk about two different things, we're not really going to worry too bad about spoilers versus non-spoilers. Also, given the fact that um, both these things at this point came out literally a couple months ago, if you care yeah. about spoilers... Right. Go watch the you're, things. You're really late yeah. to the party. <laughs> right. Try to keep up. Like, Hit pause you, and go see the movie now. <laughs> if, you, if you really care about spoilers, I am impressed that you've managed to not have that shit spoiled to you six ways to Sunday already. Yes, right? the internet is clearly a thing because you are listening to us through the internet. Right. Exactly. Yes. And All right. So, um... <sighs> Star Wars Episode Nine can in my opinion, be summed up in, let's see, let me count. Six words. It seems that somehow Palpatine survived. <laughs> um, um, that can be summed up in two words. Palpatine lived. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting from the movie, though. Yeah. It's like it seems it's like, and that's all the goddamn explanation we get. Yeah. Um. My sister-in-law yeah. has many, many, many things to say about this, but um, <laughs> she has been very invested in the Ben Solo Kylo Ren arc of redemption. Yeah. Whereas me, um, it we're watching. We're watching, it's Star Wars. Every single villain redemption has equal death. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. I, uh, I am not disappointed by. Um, by by the trend continuing with Ben Solo. Yeah. I. Eh. I kind of would have liked it if he had survived, but I also like that like we have a completely clean slate. Yeah. All of the actual Skywalkers are dead, except now what's her face is calling herself a Skywalker. Right. right? Which is a little bit, you know, it's a bit of red herring. The rise of Skywalker, and by that we mean a metaphorical Skywalker. Because, <laughs> because literally every one of the actual Skywalker bloodline is now dead. Ironically, Rise of Palpatine would be more factually accurate. Yeah, <laughs> one way. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? So you got levels on that shit. Right. Yeah, Ray's grandfather is apparently Sheev Palpatine. Which, yeah. by the way, there's a there's a YouTube video that predicted this like two years ago, <laughs> and his yeah. views are through the fucking roof. <laughs> oh, I bet it was really interesting. I sorry, I don't have I don't have the title or you know author or whatever off the top of my head, um, but or else I'd shout it out. But yeah, it I, it was one of those things that was suggested to me by YouTube because mm-hmm. I had, you know seen some Star Wars stuff recently. Yeah. I think I watched like a review of the movie to see what people thought after I saw it, and then it was like suggested, and it was like theory like. Palpatine is Ray's grandfather, or something along those lines, and it was like two million views or something. <laughs> it's just right. like it was hilarious. And I actually watched it. At this point, and he was like, bitch. I was right. There's a few things where he was kind of off and he was kind of spitballing, but he was fairly close to the mark, and he made some really interesting. Like this is one of those like, um, like extremely like deep dive like analytical like 
well, based on the way they move in their lightsaber fights, blah, 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 blah. Like, he made a lot of crazy, sh- like, a lot of crazy shit where he's connecting all these dots. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, most of that's true. And even, like, the the theme, the music to Ray is, like, a somewhat similar to the Emperor theme that's off by, like, a few notes and changed up a bit. Like, there's some really crazy cerebral shit that went into this theory. And it, most of it was accurate. Now, like, here's the funny now thing. the real question is, how much of that was intentional? Right. And how much and of that how was... much of it just happened to right. be a good coincidence? Because yeah, that's, that's how Star Wars Works. How much of that was Aiden reaching up his ass and pulling? <laughs> hey, let's play. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I, and I also want to want to be like my, my two cents for uh, Rise of Skywalker was it was fine. Yeah, it was. Um, I I am increasingly of the opinion that we should not have had episodes seven, eight, or nine. Um. Eh. I don't, I don't so much think that we shouldn't have had them as as much as they should they should have all been under one director. Yes, that's the real Even issue. That, well, honestly, I I didn't want, like. I don't think Abrams did a very good job with seven. I really liked what Ryan Johnson did with eight. I liked the Last Jedi mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the of those three movies, it was definitely my favorite, um, which I know <clears throat> makes me. Um, a heretic in a lot of in a lot of Star Wars circles, but well, my view makes me a heretic in a lot of circles as well. Which is, I liked both of them for different reasons. I, I liked what Abrams I, did with I, Seven, and I, I liked what Johnson did with seven. Eight. Just it was. I mean, it was a New Hope to it, it Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, it was a New Hope right. too. Yeah, but I'm just glad that see. We'll, we'll try to not go off too much on tangent here, but uh, on Seven, I felt like the expectations were insane. And you're trying to satisfy a legion of existing fans whilst still have, extending this bridge to a new generation of fans and then having it be a thing that could then go into two more movies. That is a Herculean task. Right. You're trying, and you're trying to yeah. tell new stories in an established storyline where if you do something new, people are going to bitch. Also, if you do the same thing, yeah, and other people are going to bitch. But you're supposed to, at the same time, um, introduce and somewhat develop a little bit the, a new slate of characters, but still have most of the old characters, and like it was an impossible juggling. And the it fact was. that he pulled it off as as well as he did uh-huh. was amazing to me. That's fair. Like, like it was a really fun movie, and yes, it wasn't that original, mm-hmm. but it was done extremely well. But and it it's a movie Star that I can rewatch. Wars. It's everything you expect out of Star Wars, right? Exactly. And and the thing is, is uh, remember this is in a post prequel environment, mind you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because the post prequel, the prequel environment was yeah. Anyways, getting off to that. Um, I in seven, I liked did a lot of establishment. Eight was enjoyable enough to me. It was not completely necessary for certain things, except for the Ray Skywalker storyline, the Ray Luke storyline. So the rest of that could have been, you know, because none of the rest of that really impacted much of the current movie. But when you get into nine, um. I mean, you're paying off everything that happened in Star Wars. Uh, bringing back Lando, uh, Lando Calrissian, it was... I liked that. I, liked I that. loved cool. that. Um, and the way they used the Force was different from the way... Because the Force just fucked with reality. When Rey and, and, right. and Kylo, or Ben would interact yeah. from vast distances, but affecting the environment around them. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. 
It was. The thing is, and this is a thing, this is a point that's missed often when people when people discuss and debate, and specifically uh-huh. Star Wars fans discuss and debate the Force and how it works and everything. And of course, to quote episode seven, that's not how the Force works. <laughs> that's not how the Force works. <laughs> As if Han is the fucking expert on the Force, right? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. He, he spent a lot of time around it, but anyways. Yeah. Well, relatively, but, yeah. you know, he was the guy. Ancient who, weapons and hokey religions yeah. no, are no replacement <laughs> for a good blaster. No match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Yeah. Right, which is funny because he dies at the hand of an weapon but anyways yeah <laughs> but anyway point is um a lot of people are like oh the force this is how it should work and this is how it shouldn't work but uh, people forget in every single star wars movie just about uh, i guess maybe excluding the if you exclude the prequels because i don't think they really did much with the force mm-hmm. differently um but if you look at the original trilogy and then in this in the sequel trilogy recently Every single movie, there's something new or different about how the Force works. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in the, in the prequel trilogy, they did a bunch of shit that we'd never seen done with the Force before. Like that... Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Well, they started with that whole hyperspeed running thing that... Okay, so hold on. You mean in the context... Yeah, no, I guess you're right. Because they didn't actually do that in a canonical Star Wars movie before. <laughs> no. Force speed is the yeah, thing. Yeah, Force speed. Right. Um, they... Uh, Although the, I mean, I don't know. You had the force. Well, I guess you didn't specifically have the speed. You had the jumping in the original yeah, trilogy. Right. You didn't and really have the jumps, right? Yes, but not yeah. Yeah, force That's speed. Fair. Um, let's see. What was it in? Um, I don't think we had much new in Clone Wars. Not really. um, or not in Clone Wars, but uh, attack, right, attacking the clones. Yeah, yeah, attacking clones. Um, in Sith. You had some interesting ways that force push. <laughs> There's also variations of the same thing, though. Yeah, but I mean, you, you get a little something new in almost. Yeah, you know, but basically, with with these, maybe like you know, one or two movies, every single movie, there's something mm-hmm. new or different about how the force works, what's going on with the force. People right. forget that. Um, force lightning wasn't even a thing until Return of the Jedi. Exactly. You know, three movies in. And now people just think of it as this obvious thing that is always done with the Force. But right. that wasn't until the very okay. end of the original run that That's, was even a thing. That sounded very generous. This obvious thing. <laughs> always done with the Force. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you said, they, <laughs> added, does not work that way. they, they <laughs> added the Force speed thing in the prequels. Uh, and then in the, new, in the new movies, you know, um, you had... Uh, well, of course, Leia supermaning back in in the Last Jedi. She basically flies with the Force, right? Which uh, I, I see zero like gravity environment that makes perfect sense. To yeah, me. it's kind of like Force telekinesis. Yeah. And then also the whole Force Skype thing you were describing in, in the Last Jedi, yeah. where they're communicating across vast distances. And now in Rise of Skywalker, Force healing or transfer actually, of life. We actually saw the beginnings of Force Skype in Empire. Yeah, I guess with the Force Ghost thing, but that's different. Well, no, no, we well, no. Went, uh, with, with, Luke, with Luke and Luke and Leia uh, hearing and, oh, and yeah. hearing Leia. Yeah. It wasn't nearly so yeah. overt as right. You know, shot for that was more of a general sensing and a yeah. feeling as, as as opposed to actually like literal words being transferred, though, right? Well, kind of, but he was communicating with her, calling to her, and she heard. Yeah. Right. But then again, he yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, basically the Force communication, right? That. Actually, force telepathy is something that was a lot of the things that we are seeing are not canon, but they've existed in experience. Right, legend, like They're the legend. force speed thing, for example. Yeah. Um, so, or, or, or force healing is a is an old is right. an old right. force healing. Although force in that it was just op because you just healed and that was it. You didn't have to transfer life from something else. This is bordering on blood magic or necromancy, to be real. I mean, right? Like, or, hey, yeah. let's just admit it. Necromancers are just clerics who di- who don't give up. 
<laughs> they're not quitters like your average yeah. cleric. Yeah, they're, yeah. Like cler- they're, cl- they're healing clerics that go a little too far. Either that uh, or just, just, just a touch late. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you show up a little late. They're but very then, tardy clerics. Yeah. But then we also have the things. It, some, like I said, some of it was kind of cool because it took it, it made it actually kind of spiritual. Like the force Skype, the, you know, yeah. the, um, and bending reality around them, uh, like the, the, the duel that they had from, you know, across a planet. Where it's like, and where, like you said, um, Ray, like, passes the, the lightsaber. lightsaber to him like a baton through space and time. Force teleportation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what, which was kind of cool. Yeah, it was like, really cool. And the thing about it is, coming, you know? is, like you said, um, that's actually a really good point you made there about it being like spiritual and intu- intuitive and stuff where it's like, that was the whole root of the concept of the Force in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it actually, like in a way, um, the less it makes sense, the more it makes sense. Exactly. Because it's like, they have this connection. There's this thing that's about like feelings and instinct and the spiritual like level of existence or being, and then things just happen that way. A reality just kind of contorts to their will, and exactly. it's not so much an domineering. They are space wizards, right? Exactly, they are space wizards, and you know it, co- it so comes makes sense to, to me. It, I think it undoes to me the damage that midichlorians did. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and a good point about the whole... Yeah, I joke a, a Everyone little bit... Everyone just fucking ignores midichlorians now. I, yeah, I joke a little bit about the whole, like, blood magic necromancy thing, but in a, in a, in a sense it makes... In a way it makes sense because it's like... Uh, it goes back to that spiritual element where it's like, okay, well, he did this thing, but he has to pay the piper because he did so many terrible things beforehand. Maybe right. if his hands were clean... He, he wouldn't be, you know... Right. He wouldn't have to give up his own life, per se. Because Ray does the healing thing, and she doesn't, like, suffer from it. She doesn't even... she's a relatively, yeah. you know, innocent person. Right. Like, I mean, she has her faults, but she's not a homicidal maniac like Ren was for so long. Right. And I love... I enjoyed the scene of him just basically shredding the knights. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Uh, yes. Um, however, I would like to ask the question that a lot of the internet asked, which is how the hell were the Knights of Ren there? I mean, how was anyone anywhere? Right. <laughs> how are how there all these... How did Chewie survive? Well... He, he was on a different... He was on a different... Uh, a different transport. transport yeah. yeah. Sorry, but you're... you're sorry, Mario, but your Wookiee's on a different... That, one, that <laughs> actually was explicitly stated. Which was, was really dumb, by the way. Boy, that was... That was speculated. He must have been on a different transport. No, no, they literally, like, it was it was explicit. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, it, I, I thought that that was a really, that was done really poorly. Like, all they had to do was, like, show a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. There were simple well, was, things like there, that. It was there to be a red herring, so you'd be like, no, I just killed Chewie, no! Yeah. No, it takes oh. a fucking planet to kill yeah. Chewbacca. It was a moon. It was a moon. Well, this is this is another example of the Force working the way the plot needs, needs it to it work, too. which is dumb. Because, yeah. obviously, if Chewie had just died like that, she would know, like, through the, the force, force, if he had actually died or not. Right. Like, if she's that powerful, it doesn't really make any sense. Right. There, there's uh, some convoluted explanations. Unless she had, like, she didn't really have a, a direct, like, link Connection to it. Yeah. I do like how uh, Chewie finally got a damn medal. Yes. And again, I just... I mean, yeah. that, that was a fun little nod to the... Like, I like... There were a lot of things that, that I did enjoy that were... Um, that were fan service done right. Yeah. Things, well, things that, that are... Like, like, 
like like in Solo, mentioning where'd you learn to do that? Oh, it's Terrace Tassi. Um, little throwaway things. That, that that one was done well, I think. Yeah, that that like here's a like here's a metal. Yay, it's a metal. Like that doesn't like that that's fine for most for most people, but it's also a little lit wink it's a little subtle wink and nod. Yeah. Because it wasn't very it wasn't very heavily overt. I mean I guess how subtle you view is a subjective right. <laughs> didn't feel very subtle to me. Well that's because yeah. it was it, it it was there to be a big glaring red sign to people who knew what what they were looking at. Right. Which you were. Well, which which is why I found it silly. I right. mean, mm-hmm. I have a bit of a contrarian opinion, I guess, in that right. I felt like when <clears throat> the, the fan service was so aggressive, it was almost like, you know, dismissive, where it's like, Ugh, here you go, nerd, I'm just going to throw all this shit at you, you're going to like it, because you're a giant nerd. Also, there, are you happy I now, nerd? I like how, um... <laughs> I just felt like someone was like, showed up at the end, too. Yeah. Like, it was an old, it was, that, it was definitely the actor playing, like... Wedge Antilles. It was yeah. the old actor who played Wedge. Which is fitting because Wedge, Wedge never dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's his thing. <laughs> Wedge never loses. Even when he tries to lose, he wins. It's, uh, it, it's the old saying, there are, there are only, there's, only one, um, there's only one pilot in the entire uh, Republic fleet who gets to paint two Death Stars on his fuel supply. Because even Luke fucking Skywalker couldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Tie fighter, fighter, tie Death Star. Tie fighter, tie fighter, tie fighter, tie Death Star. He was busy being on But, um, but yeah, and uh, I liked the whole, it just came down to Palpatine versus Rey. You know, it's like, I am all the Sith and I am all the Jedi. And, you know, you got the subtle fan service there when you had um, Kanan's voice. Yeah, yeah. That um, was w- w- pretty well done. I thought that was good. See, that's a good example of how it can be somewhat fan service but in the service of something actually real and relevant. Exactly. Not just like, hey, here's the thing. Hey, remember that guy? Like, a good example of the silliness was in Rogue One where it's like, hey, look, it's those it's those two aliens from the bar in New Hope. Remember them, guys? Right. Where it's like, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. Come on. Right. But, it's but like, just... that was a good way of doing it. Because it's like yeah. the people that don't know those specifics, then whatever, they don't lose anything. Right. The people that do are like, oh man, that's super awesome. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, and that was to me, that was the crux of the movie. You know, is every Jedi is all the Jedi. Um, and I will say this: um, there is a ridiculous amount of action and set pieces that are really cool and entertaining just from like a kind of a popcorn flick roller coaster ride yes. style uh and it's uh, to me it's kind of the greatest strength and the greatest weakness at the same time where it's like it's really entertaining and awesome in the moment but the movie's so chock full it never takes a moment to breathe and you can never process mm. anything yeah and it's just kind of like you're just thrown from one thing to the next um so i don't know like i, I in essence i agree with Neil's core conceit is just, yeah, it's a perfectly good movie, but it's, it's a serviceable movie. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, There's nothing special about it per se. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not complaining about the movie. I didn't yeah. dislike it. Um, however, like the the reason I I contend that the that the third trilogy should probably have not been made is because it is because it's never going to be particularly satisfying. There's always go- there's going to be there's always going to be problems with it. The fact that we can argue about it for mm-hmm. as long as we have, because the um, because the original series 
was as special as it was. Well, true. Although, uh, if you have, if you try to look at it objectively, those movies aren't all that great either. They're good. They're fun, but they're not. They're not great movies. The original trilogy. Yeah, the original trilogy. They okay. The thing is, is that they hit hit all the right notes. Yes, they hit all they, the things they, that we want to believe in. Exactly, but but if you try to just look at it objectively without mm-hmm. without uh, nostalgia on it, mm-hmm. they're they're also just fine. I, I would agree. I would agree somewhat in so far as Return of the Jedi. I feel is like that, but I, I feel like the first two are a little stronger than just all right. Well, yeah, the Especially first two, Empire. I mean, well, first of all, Star Wars did things that had never been done before in special effects and story, mm-hmm. right. you know, mixing mysticism and sci-fi. Empire did, Empire tr- introduced the the ultimate, the ultimate, you know, cliffhanger ending, you know. Yeah. And, expanded, and expanded the scope of it a lot with a bigger budget and more mm-hmm. locales and stuff. Exactly. You know, and, you know, Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. I mean, right. you know, that's... And no, I am your father. And Vader got to do a lot more <laughs> badass shit in Empire. Oh, hell yeah. The first one. Um, and so, you know, we get a lot of those were groundbreaking movies. Uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Still, you know, it, it paid off a lot mm-hmm. of everything that happened with the others. It has its moments, but a lot of it's just kind of like, hey, guys, look, another Death Star. Ooh. Like, right. It's not terribly yeah. original or interesting. So we, we, we keep making things that can blow up planet like... That that that's, that 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 is that is purely the Empire's goal. Is <laughs> I want to be able to blow up planets. Well, the Death Star is basically nuclear power, the nuclear yeah. bomb, because uh, everything that you know, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate weapon. So yeah, that's going to be kind of their thing. But I think I agree with you to a certain extent here, in that I don't think the third trilogy need to be made as part of the first six. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think they needed to do exactly what and I, I Yeah, let's it. pivot now right. to they needed something to do ex- I think that we could all agree was really damn good. They right. needed to do exactly what they did with a fucking Mandalorian and stop right. trying to tell that story yeah. and, and start st- telling other stories within the universe. Yeah, I think we're all, we're all pretty much on the same page in that we we had a there was a passable like there are fun movies that were enjoyable and we yeah. like Star Wars so we enjoyed but like they didn't really need to be done or at least they could have been completely different movies because I feel like what was holding that back I mean part of the things I already mentioned like different directors and a not a good way of handling the IP um, but the the bigger issue is they're trying to cling on to these connections to the past. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> no, that was not. A, that <laughs> I was not trying to do a thing there. Yeah, but cling to um, things that they were. Yeah, they were trying to. They were trying to stick with. What's as as the great Kylo Ren once said, "Let the past go, kill it if you have to." Right. And that's what they should have done. Is just been like, "Hey guys, it's." And by the way, it's fucking Star Wars. It has enough of a pedigree to not have to be a Skywalker related story. You can just say Star Wars, and people will be like, "Give." Here's all my money. Shut yeah, up and take it, my money. Because it has, it has a beautiful, really, it, it has, like, people bag on George Lucas's uh, constant rewrites and edits and and reimaginings, but I, you gotta, and, and the fact that he can't write dialogue for shit, right. but you gotta give him credit for having a very, very well realized universe. Right. Yeah. And, and a passion enough that, although I disagree with a lot of his. Uh, persnickety ways it comes from a place of passion and interest yeah. and creativity mm-hmm. well, I mean, um, so yeah like c- imagine what these three movies could have been if it was like the old republic 
right? Or or something further into the future that was unrelated. Mm-hmm. Like you could have taken it so, diff- so many different ways, and if you don't have all the baggage where you have to like, oh, character X has to show up, thing Y has to happen. If you didn't have all those obligations, the movies could have been much more exactly. interesting. Exactly, and that's what that's what made the Mandalorian so mm-hmm. good. Right. It was completely unburdened by the need to right to Easter egg. I mean, there are Easter eggs, but they all fucking sorts oh, yeah. of Easter eggs. But they didn't need to. They didn't need to throw you know throw in those throwaway things. Of, right. Hey, look at look, look how Star Warsy we are. No, right. Um, you know, look at because you didn't. The Mandalorian takes a relatively un yeah it takes a completely unknown character in the ass end of the galaxy after the fall of the Empire, and does, I think, a much better job of showing the post-Empire galaxy. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few things uh, I wanted to touch on before, because we were kind of already organically pivoting to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to make sure I covered everything here. Um, first of all, the eternal question, who did Palpatine fuck? Everybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Go for Palpatine. <laughs> the hell's an aluminum falcon? <laughs> yeah, people will be pondering okay. that for some time. So, truth be told, though, it's Palpatine. He could be going, "You want me? <laughs> I want you." you well, I mean, your clothes. To, to be fair, he is <laughs> he could a, force rape somebody. What, the, the, he's the most. He's like the richest, most powerful person in the entire galaxy. He wouldn't need to coerce anyone, really. True. He wouldn't have to. He wouldn't have to do the magic booger. You also have to keep in mind that you know he was the the the, the people of Naboo, uh, you know, elected I, I, him yeah, senator, adored him, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly how the timeline works out, but who time knows? is time is really weird. It yeah. Been, yeah it we been. don't we don't even know necessarily <laughs> what capacity he was when he when he had, had that child. Yeah. That then had that child. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, what, what else? Um, oh, one thing I did want to mention real quick. Uh, for some reason, C-3PO is awesome. Like, I always thought C-3PO was totally lame and one of my least favorite characters in the entire franchise. And then in this movie, he was just interesting and on point and had great lines. Like, what's up with C-3PO? And this all of a sudden. Right. And by the way, he, he is capable of reading just he can't tell you anything about ancient Sith. Right, because plot reasons. Yeah. Also, another thing I wanted to say: half this movie is chasing a MacGuffin, and we really didn't need to do that. You could spend yeah. all that valuable time actually paying off these character developments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I thought the MacGuffin issue was kind of dumb. It's like, hey, we need to find the thing to unlock the thing. It was like a fucking Resident Evil game. We've been well. All three of the movies have had a have had a pretty severe case of MacGuffinitis. I mean, that's always been a thing for the most part, but this was like. Really egregious, in my opinion. Yeah, because oh, we didn't need the MacGuffin because hey, Kylo Ren just drops in our ass. This other thing, by the way, and it's very much like it, always too the unlikely sinister plan that all depends on a lot of very specific things happening in a specific way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you saw this with Baron Zemo in Civil War, where it's like if you actually stop and think about it, and it's like, well, that plan doesn't make any fucking sense unless all these unlikely things happen yeah, just like this way, exactly that way, and that's it's, exactly what happened with Palpatine's plan. Yeah. You know? It's uh, it's referred to as uh, in in tropic circles, if I recall correctly, it's referred to as bullshit. Um, yes. <laughs> no, um, not now. I gotta actually look it up. Um, oh, another quick thing. Um, what did you guys think of the concept of light speed skipping? What what, what the hell is that about? <laughs> that just seemed like a stupid hand wavy thing to get a cool action scene. Yeah, which, because in in you know. uh, in New Hope, he talks about 
bouncing too close to a supernova or, you know, right. or too close, you know, basically is like, and they were jumping into these really close spaces. It made no sense. At yeah. All. Like, and I'm talking like in the context of every single movie and book and video game and any piece of Star Wars movie, uh, any media that I've ever consumed in my entire life. None of them would ever entertain that idea. Yeah, well, <laughs> it just seemed really stupid. But a random hyperspace jump, how did the TIE fighters keep up? Yeah. They I, don't have jump engines. I mean, none of it makes well, sense. And so they, obviously, the, uh, the, 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 first order, the First Order TIE fighters do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to. But secondly, how did they know when to stop? Yeah, I don't know, man. Also, I love the fact that it's the Millennium Falcon doing this when that is notorious for having hyperdrive that doesn't fucking work. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course, there, there. I did like that there was a price to pay afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole Millennium Falcon <laughs> being fire. broke yeah, is one fire. of the you know yeah. recurring plot devices, no doubt. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, one last thing: the um, the ending of the movie. Uh, in some senses was fine, but in another, like it was very ambiguous as to what was going on in the sense that one could look at it and be like, from one perspective, from a certain point of view, one might say, um, and be like, well, everything's all resolved. Nice. in a nice little bow. Uh, and then from another perspective, you'd be like, well, um, great. So the emperor is dead again. And the hidden Sith fleet that we didn't know existed until five minutes ago with, that all has basically many death stars in the, because everything must be bigger and better right. <laughs> is now destroyed. Um, guess what? The first order is still massive and is still clearly winning the war. <laughs> right. Just because a lot of people showed up and went, yay, we're coming to the rescue. And then a lot of them got blown up. That right. doesn't mean the war is different. That doesn't yeah. mean that they've won the war. Right. And you see this a lot in the expanded universe. In the there was like, okay, well, the Emperor's dead, Vader's dead, great. The Imperial Navy is still massive, and they still have control over almost all of the planets, and they're still kicking their ass. And they just barely managed to scrape by and cobble together a very fragile, fragile new republic, and that's its own thing in the expanded universe, which is all decanonized now. But my point right. is. We don't know what actually happened with the greater conflict here. Right. Mm-hmm. We and, still, yeah. But the, there, are new, there are Jedi now. Well, so, theoretically. Well, we got 45 minutes to talk about the Mandalorian. Uh, by the way, um, it's a fair, apparently referred to specifically as Gambit Roulette, um, which is essentially counting on random chance to uh, to make your, your oh, plan actually work. Right, which right. is kind of the Baron Zemo thing. Which is kind of not really a plan. But yeah, yeah, it's it's more <laughs> just complete random luck. Right. Um, Gambit roulette. I like. Yes. That. Yeah, uh, well, take take a look sometime at the at the TV tropes page for the Gambit Index. The Gambit, the Gambit Index. Index. Yes. Okay. Um, it's we ref- I frequently yeah. reference the Xanatos Gambit, which is my favorite Gambit, which is no matter what happens, I win. And my favorite is Xenatos Speed Chess. <laughs> Which is, I'm reworking my plan on the fly so fast that I always win. <laughs> right, exactly. Both named for David Xenatos, the primary antagonist slash magnificent bastard from Disney's Gargoyles. Which yes. is on Disney Plus. Wait, this whole thing was a Gargoyles reference? Yes. Xenatos <laughs> well, Gambit and Xenatos Speed Chess specifically are because they're named for David Xanatos. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's hilarious. Now yeah. I want to. Now I'm going to watch that even harder. <laughs> Gargoyle, you should really re- rewatch Gargoyle. Well, I've only seen like amazing. a few episodes that I don't even really remember because yeah. I was so young when I watched yeah. them. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally at the top of my Disney. Gargoyles is great, and it's on Disney Plus. Um, so, so right, Mandalorian, everybody. Um, I want to start with referencing a thing that I talked to Mike about when when we didn't record that you might recognize or not. <clears throat> 
that the Mandalorian is lone wolf and cub in space. Yes, <laughs> I agree, and I've seen uh, that. I've seen that. Tro- I've seen that trope trotted about lone okay. wolf and cub in space. Yes. In space. Okay, I, I'm glad that you got lone wolf and cub. Um, it is also <laughs> the rifleman. Yes. Uh, it is also. Oh, I had. I had uh, notes. Where did I? Oddly oh. enough, it is also Andy Griffith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Explain that one. Andy and Opie. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, in a way. Certain, always teaching, a always teaching the boy. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Like th- th- um, I I don't I don't want to go bother printing off my notes. I have no. I I took notes. Um, it's all right here. Um, <laughs> he said. I believe it was episode four. Was just um, seven samurai. Okay, what was uh, what happened? Where they land on the planet, he meets the sh- the jump trooper. Uh, for a second, yes. I thought you were talking about the movie. Yeah, yeah no. no episode, episode four of the Mandalorian. Episode four of the Mandalorian. Okay, was yeah. seven samurai. Yes, slash magnificent seven. Yeah. Right, only yeah. without all the deaths. Yeah, right. Um, like, yeah, each, without protagonist dying. Each one right. was was pretty much like each episode, except for like the first three, mm-hmm. were all very much. Um, Here's what was like. Okay, what what are we going to what are we going to just make in mm-hmm. Star Wars universe? Right. Seven Samurai, Pit Prison Break. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like just. It's very much a series of like Western movies or shows that happen to be in the Star Wars universe. Western yeah. or um, what? Like it, it, it's very heavily influenced by by uh, by by Kurosawa too. Yeah. Um, even though Lomo from Cub isn't Kurosawa, yeah. Kurosawa is very heavily influenced by Lomo from Cub. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it, it basically it did exactly what Episode 7, 8, 9 should have done, which is broke from the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. and told the story of someone else who was not a Jedi yeah. but was a badass. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like that there's like there's some tangential relation where like people know who Boba and Jenga Fett are. People recognize the iconic armor. People may have heard the Mandalorian name thrown around in a show somewhere. Even the casual viewer mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. interested enough to watch it right. will have some connection and context without it all being all, hey, right. remember this? Nudge, nudge, nudge all the time. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I do want to go on record as saying I don't like this the, the bullshit a Mandalorian never really moves his helmet shit. I think that's stupid. Yeah, I don't really. This is coming from someone who's played, who is, who has been playing a D and D character whose whole shtick is he never removes his armor for like the last three years. Um, but I mean, that's a different medium. Yeah, it's a different medium. Like Mandal, oh, we never take off our helmets ever. Is like when every Mandalorian before that has not. But I still, it, it works as a shtick. Within the within the um, yeah, I, I kind of I, I kind of agree with you both. Like, I think it's bullshit, but I feel that it's bullshit in service of a thing that kind of works. Because Boba Fett never visibly took off. His Although head. he wasn't actually a Mandalorian, I don't think. Yeah, but that's I mean that's that depends on how canon you believe uh, the Clone Wars uh, the, the the Clone Wars. Uh, TV show versus media that was also that is also considered canon. Um, they have competing arguments as to whether or not Jango Fett was a Mandalorian. 
and Boba being his young clone would therefore also be one. But don't you have unless to earn, he wasn't? Don't you have to earn being a Mandalorian? Do, do you just get born into it? Well, well as they like, as they anyone can be a Mandalorian if you are raised as a Mandalorian. The question is, did was what, he raised as a Mandalorian? The, yes, he was. And mm. one would or argue perhaps was, he was, or maybe he wasn't, depending on how Mando Django was versus not. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's confusing. It's a whole lot of stupid. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. very much a whole lot of stupid. And it, it, it's you know, it's it's taking us away from like okay, so episode one, um, we get introduced right away to some great characters, mm-hmm. including the Ugnot Queen. Or Quill? Quill. Quill. Yeah, Quill. I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> great, great part for Nick Nolte. I have spoken is a great way to end to end a, a, a discussion. <laughs> yeah. just, I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, you know. Um, and a lot of great, like, um, like world building, atmospheric stuff, like the whole, like, entering the cantinas, like the whole guy gunfighter entering the old west saloon where everyone like looks up and notices him exactly. you know all they were missing was the piano stopping in that moment yeah let me out johnny <laughs> um i let i i, I uh, one other thing i wanted to quickly mention i really liked how the child was primarily practical effects yes he was yeah. a puppet right. most of the time right well and og yoda yeah i like I mean, there's so many moments mm-hmm. that were just flat effing iconic. Yeah. Uh, episode one ends with the child reaching up and the Mandalorian reaching towards him. And I'm like, oh my God, the feels, you know. E.T. Well, no, it's more, it's more, more <laughs> along the lines of this is him seeing himself in the child. Well, yeah. But they don't yeah. really get into that until yeah. later, right? Um, well, no, I'm pretty sure that was probably, well, that was probably written... So that um, Pedro Pascal would have a uh, would would kind of know how to act. Yeah. Yeah. Also, one great thing about having a character who's always encased in armor is anytime you need to do stunts, right. um, yeah, 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 you don't have to worry about having a pretty. Uh, all you need it's is really someone who's got roughly the same yeah. damn build. It does simplify the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, episode one was great. It shows us his chops as a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. He knows how to get to where he is, you know, and how to plan. Oh, my God, when he watches IG-11, start, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, because he's working on a plan, and then IG-11 just stomps in, you know, and he's like, yeah, that's oh, about as subtle as a brick through this, a window. This plan just got complicated. <laughs> yeah, this plan just got un- unnecessary. IG-11, voiced by uh, Taika Waititi. Ta- yeah, <laughs> it's just, like, awesome. And, and the, the, the speeder driver in the first episode is Brian Posehn. Um, the air the, the, yeah, the air speeder dude. Yeah. The taxi dude. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, eaten by that creature. Right, I'm trying to figure out who he actually is. Uh, he's a comedian and giant okay. Star Wars nerd. Okay. He has a D&D podcast the, as well. The, uh, the thing that, that jumped out, out to me was the client. It's played by Werner Herzog. Yes, and he was great. <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, my God. And, of course, was, you know, Carl Weathers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, the client just 
oozes imperial menace. Imperial menace, right. yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and he does it with he does it with that German accent. Well, it's because he's compared her Herzog. I know. Well, it's, but it's, it's very just, it's very Tarkin esque in that sense. Yeah, yeah, right? it's very, yeah. In that, like that civilized evil. Yeah, that's that civilized refined evil. menace. Yes, because I mean Tarkin became the biggest villain in the galaxy with you may fire when ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I gotta say, I was really actually... He's ordering a pizza. Yes. I was really disappointed when, um, when, like, Moff Gideon just showed up and offed the client, who never actually had a name, by the way. He was just the, the client. client. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and was like, hi, I'll be your villain for the, le- for the last episode. <laughs> right. For the last, last two episodes. <laughs> but, okay, so Moff Gideon... I mean, it's a good entrance, but... Yeah, well, that and Moff Gideon outvillains the client. Yeah. Because he is... I am not just... I am not just silently menacing with my accent... You know, that's no, like hi. I'm I have overwhelming force, and I know every and I know who all of you are. Right. right. Well, that and I'm not I'm not afraid to use every weapon at my disposal right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, I mean, in the episode two, we get to see him overcome the Mando, Mando overcome adversity with the Jawas, which was freaking hilarious. Well, you've never really seen anything like that in a canonical Star Wars no, you, thing you before. Like, Jawas, like, getting <laughs> off, yeah. left and right. Yeah. yeah Seeing like, him get electrocuted he and falling off the yeah, thing. He was not, um... He, was, uh, he has he has quite a body count because he's not he's not yeah. a hero. No, he's not. He's, he's a mercenary. When they had yeah. most of his ship. Yes. <laughs> so, by you know, by like, the way, did anyone else get the, um, the vibe when he was uh, hanging on for dear life on the sand crawler, and he almost got smushed against the side of that ridge or whatever. That was very much channeling Indiana Jones yes. in the last Crusade, yes. where he's hanging on to the tank with the belt. Yes, or exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, that was that felt almost shot for shot. Yeah, I'm just I was like, like, like the, I expected a fedora to go. <laughs> <by>. <laughs> yeah. so, so very much of the Mandalorian was homage yeah. and. And, and and like direct cribbing even like yeah you know, well they did what worked yeah no and I, I, I mean I'm okay I with could, it yeah I'm I'm like, like like I said episode yeah. four is is seven samurai and that's not a bad thing because you know what seven samurai is a damn good story exactly yeah. and you could put it anywhere right well and and the thing that we I mean we see so much about it is you know he be, he's human. Mm-hmm. You know, with I mean, literally because, and metaphorically, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> because uh, in the episode, you know, when he comes back and he's like, you know, what's going to happen to the kid? We see that first first glimmering of his humanity, and then oh, you know, they might be doing terrible things to the kid. I'm going to go in and slaughter everyone in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he doesn't kill the doctor who didn't who like kept yeah. the kid alive. And there is so much that we see in those in those few lines. He tells an entire story in that dialogue, in that little bit of dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, because Mando comes in, and what does the doctor do? He throws himself in front of the child and says, don't hurt him. Well, another thing that's interesting about the whole helmet on all the time thing is because you can't see his face, you have to only interpret uh, his... Um, his well, demeanor and what yeah. what's going on inside his mind and heart through his voice and his body gestures and language and stuff. Yeah. And there'll be these subtle things like the way he'll say something or move a direction. He'll like turn back and look at something or someone. And you can read so much into that one little movement. Yeah. So it oh. actually, I, I feel like even though it's kind of a silly trope, it works mm-hmm. in this context. Oh yeah, because you're you're, it's 
he's much, so much, yeah, body language. Plus his reputation is like so much easier to be this big, scary, mysterious dude if you never see his face. Exactly. If you see his face, a lot of that goes away. Right. So it's for the sake of his reputation, it makes sense as well. The other thing I like that we see in the first few episodes of Mandalorian, armor that works. Right. <laughs> what a novel concept. That's yeah. Dark. Beskar steel, man. Beskar yeah. steel. It'll yeah. turn away a, a, a blaster it'll, bolt. It'll stop a blaster bolt. Yeah. But at the same time, they acknowledge that it's not magic, and if you take enough bolts, guess what? Your armor's crap now, and you got to get you got to repair it or get a new set. You know? Yeah. Or you get it's not magic. Get, get out of jail free card. Yeah. If you get beat by a uh, uh, was it uh, horn uh, mud horn? Yeah. <laughs> often mm. enough. But that yeah. sounds like something that should be an urban dictionary. But yeah. Mudhorn, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, for a pretty badass uh, sigil, though it does. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, we get to see, and I love that the th- episode three is the sin. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, because that's where everything turns around for him. Turns, you know, and he ends up having to go on the run. Um, but yeah, episode four, which Cara Dune. One of my favorite characters. She's fantastic. She is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She is just because she she's proves that she can go toe to toe with a Mandalorian. You know, being a rebel shock trooper, mm-hmm. um, that was just amazing. And and you know, and then of course the child diffuses it. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking tea. <laughs> yeah, I mean he is uh, a walking broth, talking meme. Yeah, or bone broth. He's like mm-hmm. bone broth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, another thing that I liked, uh, well, from the word go, I mean, from the first episode when he was like, <clears throat> I mean, that was the intro to the whole series was him tracking down his quarry and going into that bar and everything, or cantina, I guess, if you want to be um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. specific. specific. Um, <clears throat> it set the tone, and you have very grounded gunfights, mm-hmm. which feels weird in a Star Wars context, but there it is. Yeah. In the original trilogy, it's just like, you had all these stormtroopers that could magically never hit anything, and everyone's shooting so far away from each other, and it's all very ephemeral and floaty, and it's like, oh, bright lasers, pew pew, it's a laser show. In this, it's like, they're right up in each other's grill, they're at a realistic distance of where actual gunfights happen in the real world, things are messy, things, people are getting knocked around, mm-hmm. tables are getting knocked over, people are, like, smacking hands aside to throw off, like... It's, 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 it feels like, I guess the analogy I would use is what John Wick has done to action movies, this series has done to Star Wars blaster fights. Yes. Like, it feels except real. For when the, uh, except for when they tried to kill the two Minox. And couldn't hit the broad side of a goddamn bat. Well, okay. A, giant bat. The giant bats. <laughs> bats. Okay, A, it was dark. You know. I don't even remember this part. This was uh, in the last when couple they, of episodes. When they get attacked, uh, when they... So when they've gone back to the planet and, and uh, Carl Weathers is is it was originally going to just betray them and give the child back to the client, uh, but then they get attacked, uh, they get attacked by, by Minox. Right. Um, the same things that latched on the mil- to the Millennium Falcon, except bigger. Yeah. Um, Carl <clears throat> Weathers gets uh, gets bit. It's poisoned. The kid heals him with with force magic. Right. Um, Little redundant, but yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Which is what causes him to have a change of heart. But like, Cara Dune's shooting her goddamn machine gun at him and can't just can't hit anything. And these things are huge. They're like the size of a, I don't know, like a I, I'd Lord have to, of the Rings I, eagle. I'd have to rewatch it, but I thought that she was hitting with a lot of the shots. They were just that fucking large and tough. They were, because she did hit a few times. But again, you're shooting at a moving target at night. Um, I mean, I have a hard enough time hitting a moving target. You and know, if, I recall, if I recall correctly, wasn't she shooting from the hip as well? Yeah. 
Yeah, she was shooting because she was shooting a fucking M60 is what she was shooting. More or less. Um, yeah, not something you're notorious for aiming at with, but... Yeah, it was kind of like a mainly a spray and pray situation. Right. But the other thing about this, <clears throat> Mando gets hit several times. He takes shots. Right. You know. And that's part of, yeah, that's what's part of, uh, part of what I described about it being realistic is like, no matter, <clears throat> like he, I mean, he's, he's uh, clever and experienced. Um, so much, again, much like John Wick, um, where he will stack the odds in his favor to his, you know, as much as he possibly can and make smart tactical decisions in the moment. But even then he's just in such a shitty situation that he can't help but take a bolt or two to the chest. And it's like, yeah, that happens. Right. He doesn't just magic. Oh, it's just my, it's just a flesh wound in my shoulder. It's like, no, he gets hit center mass on several occasions. And it knocks him on his And he gets ass. knocked on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and it was just. Yeah, he he gets hit, it hurts, you know, it, but he gets back up because he's a tough mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just everything comes so full circle, um, you know, with, with when it comes to the end. I mean, so there's, um, I love the I love the prison break one. Uh, that was a great episode. Yeah, that was, break was a great episode. Oh yeah, because you know you realize this is one guy against a group of people who are not all that unified. Yeah. And it was, it was great. (laughs) Well, it's another thing about it was, um, I thought it it felt like to me, it did a good job of like having the tension of all the people that are on a job that know they can't trust each other. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of that heist movie stuff going on there where it's like, Okay, he's going along for the job, but he, he can't he there's what's actually said and then there's what what people actually think. Right. And like he's like, I can't trust any of these motherfuckers as far as I can throw them despite our history. And then of course he's proven right because the plan was just to betray his ass the whole time. Right. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it does not end well for them. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't end as badly as it could. Uh, there's only one person who really comes to a bad end. Well yeah, I mean the 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 mastermind of the job, the guy that hires him in the first place. Well, that and the droid. Yeah, they get their ass lit up. Yeah. Which, ironically, um, <laughs> this, well, I don't know if it's ironic per se, but I just find it funny that this, like, you know, vigilante, uh, or, well, not really vigilante, well, kind of, because now he's protecting the child, right? Vigilante slash Mark, whatever you want to call the Mandalorian, uh, who has his massive body count, it's like, he basically just calls up the cops, and that's right. a solution. <laughs> it's like, well, hey, it's, Republic Fleet, uh, you should right. check this out. It wasn't well, so much that he called the cops, it was more like the cops had already, already been called, and he said it was them. Yeah, right. it was those guys. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, was, he was the anonymous tip. Right. Um, actually, no, it was more along the lines of, uh, you know, hey, you know what? We just lowjacked your car. It's their car now. Right. It, 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 would, it would have been just as effective if he had put a bomb on... Uh, right. On, on, let's see... Uh, just a one-step removed bomb, essentially. Because yeah. in comes the, what was it, an uh, X-Wing or something? Three, it was a two three X-Wings. Or it, was like a, two, it was two or three X-Wings. It was, yeah. like a, it was like a, what do they call those, a squadron, I guess? Squadron, yeah. 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 It was, it was, you know, it's just... Well, I think a squadron is like is like a wing of X-wings. It was, it was a yeah. of I think a squadron is like a full twelve. Uh, yeah, it would be a flight of X-wings because uh, a wing is yeah. Anyways, or in this it, case, a murder of X-wings. Murder they blew the shit out of that place. <laughs> Fuck out of that place. But I love that they saw what was coming right right before, you know. And 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 the guy's like, yeah, well, um, I I really kind of brought this on myself. <laughs> but I have to wonder, 
because he ran. He ran with the animal. Like, Did he make it to an escape pod? Mm. You know, is he going to show back up? But then, but then the last couple of episodes... Also, oh, I was right. That was Clancy Brown as the Devro. It was. Clancy fucking Brown. Yeah. It's like, it sounds and looks a lot like Clancy Brown. I it wonder was. if that's Clancy oh, Brown. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, and the human that had the little, like, hidden gun on the shoulder, was that Bill was Bill Burr. Burr. <laughs> yeah, Burr. And he was one of the best... Yeah, it's like, not one of those. I'm not, I wasn't a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, that was yeah. pretty funny. But I liked that he was able to do it, and they all survived. You know? Uh, Except for Quill. Except for Quinn. And maybe, um... But, see, they were all... maybe, um, Rand. Which one was Rand? The, 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 the guy with the beard who hired him. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... He might or might not have gotten away. It's hard to say. Yeah. But then we get to the last two episodes. And, oh, my fucking God. Did that... I mean, tie everything together. So... I mean... Because uh, we, we get... Okay, one of my favorite scenes in that one, to nurse and protect. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that by killing everyone. <laughs> Everything in front of... Yeah. Well, there's a part where, you know, he's blowing the the, bait, the child's like, <laughs> you know, and then Blaster Bolts come too, come too close. Pivots. Yeah, suddenly <laughs> he gets his torso in the way of the, of the child. Exactly, you know. Um, yeah. And there's something amusing about it. A droid being reprogrammed to do a different thing, but he only knows how to do that thing by his previous programming. <laughs> right. And when that previous programming is killing everything... Well, yeah. the IG unit, for Christ's yeah. sake. It's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah. But, you know, now he's assassinating everything that is a threat to the child. Yep. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was an amazing scene. Another fun fact, the biker troops were Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally having that conversation. Oh, yeah. and, and did anyone else get massive flashbacks to the old, uh, to, to the old fan, uh, fan show troops? The troops. troops. Yeah, it was yes. very troops. It was like, oh, yeah. man, this is just, this is so troops. So troops, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was what I, and, and like, I, I, I could go on and, and will to a little bit, to, uh, but a little bit, like, the Mandalorian had a whole lot, a whole fuck ton of, uh, of fan service and little tidbits in there, and that was really done right, because you wouldn't even, re- like, it, you, you're not losing anything by not, by not getting right. it, yeah. but it's just, it's there. Oh, yeah. So, okay, another one of my favorites, of course, is the end of episode three, when all the Mandalorians show up. Yep. That was pretty awesome. That was amazing. And, <coughs> you know, it makes you wonder, go, okay. And, of course, near the end of the one, uh, the end of the ep- other episode, when the armor with a pair of hammers <laughs> goes through a group of, of stormtroopers. Yeah. The armor <laughs> just fucking murders them all. Right. And, and I got to Yeah. And I got to wonder, it's like, if they're that deadly, who did they, who did they actually end up killing? Because... You know, all that armor and stuff. You know, and of course, I was wondering: did they abandon the armor, or were they all dead? It could be a. It, it could be a a, a, a Doctor McNinja sort of situation. Um, is uh, is a deep cut? I, I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> Um, Please do. So there's a, there is a web com- There there was a web comic. It is actually a completed web comic now, called The Adventures of Doctor McNinja. Um, 
that I have read. It's um, I'm quite fond of it. Um, everyone, uh, every member of the McNinja clan uh-huh. is given a mask. Is given a balaclava mask at birth. Okay. <laughs> um, That's a long time to wear about balaclava. <laughs> yes, they they don't get around how they eat and drink and all that shit. Like if they, it's entirely like, how did you drink? How did you drink an entire bottle of tequila without taking off your mask? Wouldn't you like to know? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> That's what we asked. <laughs> but um, the every, every, the the members of the McNinja Clan have a final thing they can do in terms of defense. Which is take off their ninja mask and recede into the into the background, um, and like it, it's sort of a it's a it's a last resort. Mm-hmm. I am beaten, so I'm going to I'm not a ninja anymore. Bye, right? Uh, <laughs> and so it's possible that the Mandos just did that. Right. Or it could be that they were all that hard to say. Yeah. <clears throat> the it's, way the armor was yeah. talking, it really sounded like they were all dead. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that seems to go against the Mandalorian culture to just, like, abandon your stuff and your identity. Right. Yeah. Like, a Mandalorian they, they're always fine to death, in my opinion. Like, that seems yeah. like that's what they They almost doing. definitely were all dead. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but. So, again, another, you know, yeah. Western trope of, like, you know, Bush casting a Sundance kid or something where everyone's dead. Right. Um, so, <laughs> damn, but we're then, in a tight spot. Yeah. That's the wrong, that's the wrong. That, that's over there where Earth, I'm sorry. Who are those guys is uh, Butch Cassidy yeah. and Sundance Kid. Sorry. Yeah. So, and then, of course, we get all of the stuff in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the finally getting the jetpack. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was awesome. It's a great payoff. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, blowing the wing off the TIE Fighter. But then in the last few seconds, the fucking Darksaber. Yeah. You know, makes you wonder, where did he get that? You know? And how, is it going to play in next season? Season but, 2 awaits. Yeah. I mean, I would... I would think yes I'm getting very much a Chekhov's gun vibe from this yeah. where it's like hey look kids the Darksaber this might be important later it's going to be see in season 2 yeah it's Chekhov's <laughs> phaser you know Chekhov's saber it's just well it's the it's the ever present teaser for season 2 to, oh, yeah. make, to, to build up hype so that now everyone can speculate over to over right. how the fuck does he have a Darksaber the dark saber because there's only one. There can be only there can one. be only one. Okay, <laughs> um, but okay. So getting back to some of the other things, the feel, the sets, the costumes, well, the sound and the music and the amazing. music. Yes. I love the theme. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, the th- and the scene. Yeah, it's just all so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do such a good job of having all those disparate elements come together and like really like create the world and like the atmosphere and the sense of it like it very much it's star wars but it very much feels like its own thing yeah and it, i think i think it's the lawless nature of the outer it was a star wars western right yeah exactly and you get the outer you know the, the lawless nature of the outer rim this is the this is exactly the world where han solo 
would have you know would have thrived yeah and a lot of the stuff too is like it's not so much like lawless in the sense of oh it's just an absence of law it's like a very it's a very conscious decision of fuck the law we don't want the law here because the law is just a tyrannical government that slaughters people and enslaves people and does all sorts of terrible things exactly Uh, and of course that's a big part of it too is that the mandalorians were uh slaughtered by the empire so mando mandalorians in general mando specifically has a great hatred for all things imperial mm-hmm. so where this androids. takes place in the star wars canon androids did he give much explanation why he hated droids other than because they slaughtered other than droids were at the other than battle droids were apparently at, at, at the thing where, where everybody died i think that was pretty much the explanation okay. yeah not anything else that i know of i gotta i gotta ask though like why don't people use more battle droids i mean You'd think they like they were specifically, I think, illegal. Uh, well, okay, that that would that would explain because like you have an accuracy of a targeting computer, right? That well, that and um, as, as evidenced by IG Eleven, droids are really capable of kicking ass, <laughs> right? But I think they were specifically illegal. Um, I think there was something uh, about that. <clears throat> I mean, it would make sense because the Empire is very much an authoritarian government, so they don't want anyone, you know, having any sort of uh, <clears throat> ordinance or tools or whatever that could actually threaten them on even a, a local or regional level. Well, after the after the um, after the separatist movement, right? You have the Clone Wars, and um, that that would not, not, that would not exactly even before the Empire got like super tyrannical and like the Senate was disbanded and all that stuff, it would be a pretty easy sell to the average citizen like, hey, we should probably not let these massive amounts of bow droids crop up, uh, crop up again, right? Exactly. Considering we just fought this giant bloody fucking war against primarily battle droids. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but clone technology, just fine. <laughs> you know. Roger, roger. Yep. So I did like that we did get to see his face, but I didn't think it was at all necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'll, also, I, I'm... I should say I did not like the, that we got to see his face, and I didn't think it was at all necessary. The yeah, it wasn't necessary. The um, well, I, I guess I'm really freaking sick of the I am not X loophole. Right. I am not a living being. Yeah, I am no man. Um, I I am not a living being. Uh, you know, um, what have you? Well, what are you referring to? Uh, because I... Which king of Angmar? No man can kill me. Eowyn takes off her... her help. I am no man. Oh, you mean, you mean the, the semantics yes. bullshit? Yes. yes. The semantics... <laughs> I am not the thing that, make, that, makes this, that makes this against the rules um, because... I because I'm playing legally. I, def- I defeat you by the power of grammar. Yes. <laughs> okay, but I, I still go to Thirteenth Warrior. Honey, it's made from honey. Uh, I haven't seen the Thirteenth Warrior. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, Antonio Banderas playing uh, an Arab uh, oh. who is Muslim, and is he keeps on offering him mead. Uh, and he keeps on, and he's like, I cannot taste either the fermentation of, of, uh, um, you know, of, gra- of grain or of grapes. And, and Herger, the, uh, is like, starts laughing. It's honey. It's made from honey. Um, and basically he takes it and chugs. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's yeah. Loophole, but mm, you yeah. know, they exist for a reason. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think we could have done with just 
he didn't need medical attention. Right. So you don't have to take his helmet off. I mean, or pick a direction, right? Pick a lane. Because yeah. it's like, either commit to the bit of not seeing his face, or right. don't do that in the first place. But, because we, gotta show his, but we gotta show his pretty face, because he's pretty underneath that helmet. <laughs> no. Gotta have something for the girls. No. That's what, you yeah. had, that's, that's what you had so many other people for. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it was... It did all the things right. You know, as a, as a series, I think yeah. it, you know, it wasn't trying to be a, a Skywalker saga film. No, it wasn't trying to be too much fan service. It was trying to, it, it went. It, I also think that that's one of its um, stronger aspects is its limited scope where it's like it, it's just telling this, uh, you know, specific story of, you know, a couple of a few ish main characters, specifically Mando. And that's it. Yeah. It's OK with that. Right. Uh, so it doesn't have to try to be all the things to all the people you all know? the time. Right. Yeah. And that and that is something that 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 you could very easily do um, with the Star Wars universe. Now I still yeah. want uh, I still want a Donald Glover um, Lando miniseries. That would be sweet. Yeah. That would be sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, but, that's what I enjoyed about Solo too. Was it wasn't a Jedi. It wasn't Skywalker yeah. Saga. It was you know this is. It was, a, it was a fun story, too. It was the highest movie that happened to be Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, I mean, okay, they're learning from Marvel. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Although so. I still think the best example is uh, Rogue One, which was a espionage slash war movie that happened to be Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah, And it's still, be... in my opinion, of all of the new movies, of all the post-prequel movies, the best movie. Yeah. I, I, <clears> Rogue uh, One, hands down. I've not heard of any... I have not had, had a discussion with anyone who, who would disagree with that uh, statement, to my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it was just too good all around. So, I mean, okay. So, kind of... I think we're kind of to where... Well, we're also almost out of time, too. So, okay, that's what I'm thinking. So, okay. Star Wars Episode Nine. It was fine. It was okay. Enjoyable, but it's fine. Yeah, not necessary. Yeah, like yeah. forgettable. Ultimately, Mandalorian. What Star Wars should be? Well, what 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 should be done with the IP at this point? Right? Exactly. What? Yeah. What the direction? The direction they should be going yeah. is finding new stories, new characters, you know, and making the new, you know, the Han Solo, the Mandalorian, you know, your whatever, what have you. Um, yeah. I'd like to see the uh, theoretical Obi Wan um, thing. I would like with, to see Obi Wan. Uh, with the but you know what? Right. I want to see the next Jedi. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if there's a thi- if there's a thing that isn't too like you haven't beat that dead horse too much, and you can pull it off, like I have faith that the Obi Wan thing will be solid. That's fine. But at the same time, I am hungry for new stories, for new characters, for new locales, like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the whole, I mean, it's silly. It always seems silly to me that you have this massive universe and all this stuff, but it's just like, oh, hey, we're just going to follow the family drama of one family yeah. <laughs> for yeah. nine Skywalker's fucking movies. fucking up the galaxy for, yeah. you know, for 30 years. Okay, they've had their shot. I, I would like to see more, you know, just stuff that hasn't been, like, really dug into on, and, like, in the canonical sense. Like, you see a lot of this stuff in the periphery in, like, video games and novels and stuff, but, like, Let's let's get more into like what's smuggling and piracy like. Like you don't see a lot of that. Yeah. Or like what what was the old republic's like Jedi culture like before it was already in its fall of decay? What was it like when things were actually going well? 
Like, yeah. you know, like let's let's look at some stuff that we have only seen hinted at yeah. uh, on the periphery, or not even necessarily connected to stuff. You know, like let's go full on into like into the future, into wild space, and like, um, like I, I mean, I'm a Thrawn fanboy, so I'm a little biased here, but. What was the Chiss Ascendancy like? What what was going on over there? What's going on yeah. in this other edge that has nothing to do with the Empire? Like you have a vast uh-huh. galaxy, you can do anything you want anywhere you want. So just start yeah. doing that. Yeah. What's life like in the corporate sector? Right. Yeah. Uh, or the Tion hegemony. Um, you know what? What's like life like on Ord Mantel? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of interesting mm-hmm. stuff you could do there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like in Wall, like one of these various because I mean it is called Star Wars. It's right in the fucking name. Mm-hmm. While these conflicts are going on, <clears throat> what about the everyman, uh, like people that are trying to get by, whether it be corporate or family business, or whatever? Where they're like, mm-hmm. like scavenging and salvaging stuff, and like the people that are kind of in between all this bullshit going on. Exactly. Which you get some of that with the Mandalorian because all these big things are happening in the galaxy, and he's just trying to get by and do yeah. his thing, right? Right. Yeah, and, and I think that's where you. <clears throat> stories well a good example of that to kind of cross the streams a bit here for a second is um spider-man homecoming where vulture was a creation of the bullshit that was foisted upon him right exactly because stark is like hey look at me i'm tony stark i blow up a lot of shit and then I just walk away and oh by the way you're kind of fucked forever but i don't right. I'm taking you're, over you're, here. Not, you're, you're too small to really pay any attention to so right. she'll just gonna fuck you like the people that are caught in between and have to kind of put the pieces back together like that stuff can be interesting too well yeah and and, and that showed what it was like post event new york and in a way some of them some of the more like famous people in the star wars universe already have that going on like luke was a fucking moisture farmer in the middle of nowhere yeah and his family got blown up yeah because of you know his involvement like paying the price yeah it was just because of droids right droids they like the empire didn't know that that, that this was you know luke skywalker right son of of you know anakin skywalker darth vader man right yeah no, <laughs> it, was, it was just uh, the, these were the droids that they were looking for. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we can't have any witnesses or anything, so we're just going to blow everything yeah, up. Because, well, we're, you know. Space because we're Nazis. space Nazis and that's what we do. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And First Order is way more Nazis than the, than the Empire was. And the Empire was pretty badly Nazis. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, the thing is, they, they're very ham fisted about it in the sequel movies. Yeah, right. So, question. Who are um, Nazis? Question yeah. in, in, in terms of genre Star Wars was kind of military sci fi. Yeah. Okay. It's fantasy. Um, yeah, fantasy, but you know, but still military, military aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like Star Trek is military sci-fi. Babylon 5, military sci-fi. Or Stargate, maybe. Stargate, the military sci-fi. I think it's closer been... to Stargate, really. Yeah, Stargate, well, Bab 5 is sort of military, but also it, it's a lot more It's a lot more diplomacy in space than anything else. True, but they are, they're still military. Yeah. Um, even Starfleet, military. Now, would you consider... Because I've been looking for examples ever since a friend of mine brought it up. Mm-hmm. Would you consider Mandalorian non-military sci-fi? Yeah, it's yeah. a space western. Yeah, it's a space western. Okay, yeah. so a lot like Firefly was. It was a space western. Exactly. Right. Firefly is one of three examples now that I can cite that is non-military sci-fi. Okay, Firefly, Mandalorian, and Farscape. <laughs> right. Also, Cowboy Bebop. I am not familiar, so I can't cite it. I lent it to you for like three months. I know, and I never, still never watched it. <laughs> and I got it on, returned it. It's yeah. on Hulu. <laughs> it's on Hulu, so yeah. And there's a lot I don't watch, so. 
but yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of military, non-military sci-fi, so that'd be an interesting... That's true. That, that could be fun. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting to sort of look at. So. Um, in two weeks, we will talk about something else. I don't think we have uh, any direct plans at the moment. No agenda yet. We'll, we'll pull something from our list of things. Yeah. Collective ass. There's a, there's, a, there's a few things that I know we, that I want us to touch on sometime this year. I'm not exactly sure of the timing on it, though. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, it's definitely time for this recording session to end because I need to go to bed. So, um, right. thank you for listening. Um, once again, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, follow, etc. Verb. Yes. Please algorithm. Um, please, please algorithm plus us. Um, <coughs> so, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Yep. And ring the bell and all. And the ring the bell and leave a comment, like it or dislike it. Actually, here's the funny thing: a very, <laughs> very a very brief, um, very, just a very brief um, aside. YouTube only cares about engagements. It doesn't care about the quality of that engagement. So. 7 billion dislikes on something is just Still as important as 7 billion likes. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, and scrap uh, But yes, <laughs> do the thing, do the things. Uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks, everybody. This has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we will talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter T and the number 96. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing us on your social media, sending us an email, liking us on Facebook, liking us on YouTube, pretty much any of the things that would help to build the uh, algorithm. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website, www.workingtheoryproductions.com, or a reoccurring one at www.patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. If you haven't, you really should check out Lone Wolf and Cup. There's a 178-page sword fight in a comic book.